welcome to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafter, and today I'll be chatting with Yimondu Alexander, founder and CEO of Makeba. Makeba believes that income inequality is one of the most important challenges of our time. Technology allows us to address financial inclusion. Makeba goes beyond moving money forward for their customers and offers them innovative products that solve their most acute pain points. Hi, Yimondu, how are you doing? Hey, good morning in New York here. Good afternoon for you guys in South Africa. Yeah, it's bright and early for you. What have you been up to this morning? Nothing but preparing a wonderful day. Oh, I love it. I love it. I want to hear all your stories. I know that you've built a couple businesses. You have quite the interesting journey. Thank you so much. The story started, uh, I guess, in 1994, where a young kid from France uh, fly to the US to live the American dream. I uh, decided to stay after the summer and work in restaurants. And um, May 1st, 1996, I created a telecom company called ASG okay. Telecom. And uh, here I was selling cell phones to all the French chefs and waiters in New York. And then meet some interesting friend in uh, Congo. I mean, I met him in New York, right? And he was from Congo. And one day he reached out to me and said, hey, we need telecom uh, product here also. Can you sell me these phones? And here I was selling uh, a lot of phones into uh, Congo. And a short time after, I land myself in Kinshasa and start also to grow um, telecom network there. And um, one thing leads to another over the years. And um, we start providing uh, satellite services, internet connectivity, international carrier calls uh, to mobile operator. And we grow this to 38 countries in Africa. Along the way, uh, we also um, build uh, the second mobile network in the islands of uh, Capo Verde, something that will wow. become um, interesting later on in, uh, in our life. It's a company that we sold in 2012. Then I did a um, grand transportation company in New York, uh, eco-friendly with um, eco-friendly cars, and uh, we sold this company in 2015. And yeah, so lately the focus is mainly Makeba and um, it's growing great. You know, we, we're having a, a good uh, a good growth. The prospects of the future market where we want to go to is uh, very good. So that's, that's uh, up to date. Can you give me a quick elevator pitch on Makeba? Sure. So Makeba is... Um, financial uh, ecosystem based on two applications. So there is one called Makeba Money for the users to be able to make payments and transfer money to each other. And the other one is called Makeba Merchant, and it's like a point of sale. It's an application that uh, merchants download for free. And through this uh, point of sale, they are able to collect payment and do transfer. And um, it's uh, both services that are uh, commercially positioned in a very um, attractive and commercially uh, good competitive pricing. On the transfer side, as we want to carry um, the remittance from the diaspora in the US and in Europe, sending money back home and also transfer within the African continent, they will be able to do this uh, through the application chatting um, service instantly and at price that are about 10 times cheaper than what is today the, the standard, which is mainly a Western Union type of uh, pricing due to the three middlemen um, model. 
So that's what uh, Makeba is. And we are starting this uh, service in uh, Capo Verde, uh, where we have uh, for the last three months open to the public. For the last one year, it was in beta program. We were fine tuning our technology. And uh, we started in Capo Verde three months ago, and we see over 35% average growth uh, per month. And it's a very interesting country for our proof of concept because the particularity of uh, Capo Verde, which is a small archipelago of uh, island in West Africa, mm-hmm. uh, Portuguese speaking, they there are about 500,000 people in Capo Verde, right? But 500,000 Cap Verdean live in the Boston, Massachusetts area. It's a very mm-hmm. split community. So remittance is a very important part of the GDP, and that is the perfect place for us to uh, to start and demonstrate. And after that, we are um, going to grow to uh, to other markets. Uh, we have signed agreement with um, Ora Bank, which is uh, a West African, mainly uh, French-speaking uh, bank that uh, evolve in twelve countries, and we're starting with them in in Senegal. And uh, we have also signed an agreement with Providus Bank in uh, Nigeria, and we get issue um, a remitter IMTO license by the Central Bank of Nigeria. So we will be launching service this year also in Nigeria. We have signed agreement with bank in uh, in Europe, uh, an MOU. We have uh, a term sheet, and we are negotiating agreement with the bank in the US. So hopefully. Before the end of the year, we should be available in 43 countries uh, in the world. So much to look forward to. And I know your mission is to resolve income inequality through financial inclusion. Where did this passion come from and why remittances? So, number one, in, in, in Africa, the problem of income inequality is very, very significant. Access to cash for lending, it's all microfinance at rates that are worse than loan shocking. Or you have banks where you need the collaterals and the interest rate are also very high. So it's hard Mm -hmm. for small economy to, to strive, right? So we need to create the possibility to have cheap lending, accessible lending, and most importantly, a way to track um, users and businesses' credibility, financial Mm -hmm. credibility, so that they can earn the right to have good loan if they show proper financial behavior and they pay their debt on time. So for that, with Makeba, as we collect the remittance, it's getting into the pool account with our bank partners um, because in each country to be compliant with the regulator, we have a bank partner. And then we make sure that this money stay in the ecosystem because we're providing to the merchants a proposition that is a good value. So then mm-hmm. when the user receives the money from the remittance inbound, now they are spending it in their local community with the same application. Therefore, the money stay in the ecosystem. And while the people transact, now we are able to create to create credit profile and use those credit profile and artificial intelligence to provide loan. And that's the long-term goal uh, within the next two years of Makeba to provide cheap lending to businesses and, uh, and consumer. By doing so, the, the businesses will be able now to uh, afford more um, CapEx project and expand their business, therefore creating more job and in that way, addressing the problem of income inequality. 
Then also one thing that is an additional burden on this problem is the informal market. Uh, in Africa, as an average, 70% of the economy is informal. It's cash-based. And there is a lot of problem with this cash-based economy. Number one, you cannot build uh, a credibility. You have risk of the money being stolen. You have problem lending money when you need to because obviously you have no track record of credibility. So we've... Um, with this system and with partnership with governments that understand that they need to improve on the tax bracket to this informal mm -hmm. market, that will create the incentive to start bringing to the digital economy these businesses that uh, today are completely um, informal. Makeba was founded in New York City and you've expanded operations and your product line into Africa. Every country in Africa is so different, never mind the rest of the world, from language to culture to solutions that are needed. What were your biggest challenges when entering this new market? I mean, the challenges to get into a, a new market, um, usually you have a process of making sure that the central bank um, that are the regulator in that uh, financial ecosystem understand what you want to do. Um, understand that you have a local bank partner that's going to make sure that you are fully compliant on KYC, on your anti-money laundering policies, on your security policy, and that you are a credible company with a credible track record. So in some countries, this could take or not take time. Um, uh, like in Europe, it has been more straightforward because with one agreement, we get 28 countries of the European mm. financial, um, with the European passport. So the experience, you go from Senegal to Nigeria, it's completely different. Uh, the culture is different. The language is different. But I, I've been used to do business in uh, this all type of uh, Portuguese-speaking country, French, uh, English. And um, we have found that it's fairly straightforward now. Uh, we have not been victim at all of any of uh, corruption demand and things like that. No, mm -hmm. it's uh, very well regulated. You're dealing with uh, very um, mature and uh, financial savvy uh, people that want to make sure they have um, good rules in place so that the uh, credibility of the country and most importantly, which is their job number one, protect the consumer for their financial uh, needs. It has been positive so far, and we managed to, to expand well. In the US, in the investor community, Africa is not too much known. Um, they are not, it's not too much in their, in their um, landscape what they are looking at. Um, I have been pitching Makeba business plan in 2016-17 in the US and had mm -hmm. uh, pretty much zero traction until I wow. show it to um, a trust fund in, uh, in South Africa, a sovereign wealth fund in South Africa, and they completely got the picture and literally, oh, but we have 50,000 miners, they will love to receive their salary on Makeba instead mm -hmm. of waiting online to get an envelope with some cash in it. So um, we have found that African investors have been more uh, attracted to Makeba because they understand the need, they understand the demographic of their continent. And um, 
that have been successful. But now the business have reached a maturity point where I think American investors are looking into it and they start to understand the, the different um, KPIs that, that reflect a good, a good traction in this market. And they see also that the profit are usually uh, higher the profit margin are usually higher and and the demand is there to to tell you a nice story about the understanding of the african potential if you go back in the beginning of the 90s people didn't believe too much on those new guys coming with gsm technology for mobile phone they say oh mm -hmm. no in our country we have 10000 subscribers and uh, that's the max because people are very poor and they cannot afford to buy a cell phone and the per minute charge will be so prohibitive for them. Well, in the 90s, we have seen uh, prepaid GSM mobile services from private company having a huge success. I'm talking about Celtel, then becoming mm -hmm. Airtel, MTN. And today this is over a billion subscribers all over Africa. And it's have been it have been a huge economic boost. So I believe that the uh, financial services bear in mind that only twenty percent of people have a bank account in Africa. So we are going to see right now in the African continent a huge boost in financial inclusion, and it will be mobile, and it will be this type of fintech um, providing to the people the solution that they need. And without traveling 50 kilometers to go to a branch and waiting online for six hours. So that's, I think, is going to be very significant. And that will then attract more uh, investors um, as we are ourselves uh, preparing to, uh, to go public under uh, registration CF. We, we have enlisted WeFunder. And that campaign actually starts next Monday. So uh, wefunder.com slash Makeba, you will be able to, to learn uh, starting next Monday everything about Makeba and for people to invest if they wish to. That's awesome. And how about when it comes to legal and compliance? What hurdles did you face in those areas? So the way we operate is that we don't incorporate in the local uh, country. We manage to sign a contract with a local bank and that local bank have a license with the regulator to provide financial services, like they are a bank. And they understand very quickly the advantage of partnering with us. Number one, we don't go to the first two or three uh, biggest bank in the country. We go usually to the number four, number five. They need the deposits, they need the transactions, and we're providing yeah. it to them. And the agreement is straightforward with a profit sharing on the, on the float. And so the, once you pass that stage and you go together to see the regulator, the regulator is happy to know about Makeba, but they are looking at the bank because it's the bank that is licensed and it's the bank that is responsible to make sure KYC is done correctly, mm -hmm. to make sure the anti-money laundering AML policy are tight and that you monitor and you, you make sure that your system is not used for terrorism activity or criminal activity. So... And in each country, uh, they are very mature. Huh? Um, you look at the case of uh, Nigeria, the Central Bank of Nigeria is very strong mm -hmm. on policy, very uh, strict. Um, they had a very healthy financial sector for the last 20 years, doing a lot of um, reforms. And it's been good. A country like uh, Capo Verde, way smaller, but very well regulated and pretty much uh, in part to the compliance in Europe as their money is actually paired to the euro, the Escudos. 
I work with quite a few fintechs in Europe that are looking to expand into Africa. What advice would you give to somebody in the beginning stages? Learn the market that you are targeting. Once you are learning that market, make sure you segment it in a very detailed way and understand the needs of each of those segments and how your product can address those specific needs. And then understand that the next country, everything that you have learned in the first country is not adaptable. You cannot assume that because you have done your due diligence in Senegal, now in Gambia is going to be the same thing or in Kenya is going to be the same thing. We have a beautiful big continent uh, populated with 54 great countries and each one is completely different on the language, in the culture, in the religion, in the habits of people, in the way they deal with money, in their type of regulated or not regulated currency. Um, in South Africa, for example, it's a very mature financial ecosystem. You guys have a very nice application that allow you to do a lot of things, which is one of the reasons I think um, M-Pesa and MTN Money early on, like five years ago, uh, wrap up and left South Africa because mm. they just came with a conceived idea that, okay, we just do M-Pesa like we do it in Kenya and it's going to work in South Africa. And they fail and they retract. So now there is new approach and I think they are more adapted to the mobile financial services of specific South African needs. Okay, then let's take Nigeria, for example. What did you do to get to know the market more? So you say learn the market, but what steps did you go through to, to get that knowledge? I was lucky to start business in Africa, including Nigeria, since uh, 1998. So there is the aspect of time, going there mm. multiple times, uh, being able to visit inside to Abuja, to different locations, to Lagos, and just get out of the hotel, walk by the market and understand the dynamics of how things is done, how people go about financial services. Now, how you are going to address internationally the bad image that sometime um, a country could have on financial services. So you got to address this by being extra careful on KYC and very strict on AML. So learning the market, get out of the hotel, walk to the, to the actual market and uh, understand, feel it, smell it, and uh, eat the local food and talk to the local people from the taxi driver to a minister. Don't get stuck. Talk to the people. I've lived on four different continents and have seen firsthand how one brand or product is marketed differently in each region. For example, in Indonesia, let's take something as simple as color palettes. A lot of dark brown and greens were used, where in America, bright colors were more common in ads. Did you find you had to change up your marketing strategy in African countries? And if so, how did you go about it? Yes, definitely you you must. And that's part of market landscape analysis. It's how you um, you go deep, deep, deep in the understanding of the, um, the market. And then you have to adapt. So again, something that will work in Capo Verde, number one, the language is going to be different. So there is no mm -hmm. way you can take the same advertising with the same tagline to a francophone country. Then the tagline that work in French in Senegal is not something you're going to use in Nigeria. 
So you do have to adapt, number one, because of the language. Number two, because of the competitive landscape. What are the players? Uh, If you get to Senegal, there is other mobile operation services like Orange Money. Uh, You go to Nigeria, you have a successful fintech like Paga. So you have to adapt and make sure you position yourself in a way that you could be, number one, embraced by the communities and that they see value in your product and obviously stick to it after by providing a good service. That's the only way you are going to win is to make sure your service is good to a good value, stable, secure. Because remember that we're all talking here about fintech and fintech is money. And when I don't have a lot of money, I am very, very careful about who I'm going to trust with my money. And one of the reasons there is a strong informal market is because there is a lack of trust in the financial institution. So that is a strong battle that must be worked on to create stability, to create trust so that the people know that their money is safe with you. Talking about the informal market going digital, how long until we do see that happen and how do we even get there? I think one of the main one of the main drivers is number one, the government understanding that 70% of their economy is informal. And for them to understand what will it be if this business was not informal, what will be the impact on the country rating? What will be the impact on their currency? What will be the impact in job creation, in the overall economic boost? Once they get that and they create some tax incentive for small business to go, I mean, uh, look at it. If you ask a small business that makes less than $10,000 a year in income and you tell them, you know what, go digital with this beautiful uh, financial solution that we propose you. And now instead of making $10,000, you are going to make $7,000 because we're going to take 30% out of your income. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are not going to go for it. But if you look at the average corporate rate and you look at the actual tax rate out of the gross income, you see that it's something that ranging between 1.4 to sometime 1.75% of the gross income in the corporate world, depending the tax structure in Africa. So if you come to an informal business and you tell him, look, for the first three years of your business below that tax bracket, you will be charged a 1% tax on your gross income, then it's acceptable. And then if you could be enforced that every business selling a banana, selling anything, Mm -hmm. you will have to be registered with the tax authority and you have to use some, any type of digital solution you want to use. So it's, it's a mix of the carrot and the stick, but the carrot need to be there. And the carrot is proper tax bracket catering to the informal market. So that's going to be the number one driver. The second Mm -hmm. driver, it will be companies like Makeba, to really roll out to those uh, different locations and showing to them solutions that make their life easier, that make their business thrive, that make their savings for them to be protected and their credibility to come so that when they need to have, I don't know, crop insurances, when they need to have loans, when they need proper saving with interest, that you provide all the solution to those businesses. This, I think, is the way and uh, it's happening right now. 
Definitely. It's really, really exciting. On the topic of exciting things, the day this podcast goes live is the same day Makeba goes public. How are you feeling about it? So excited. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, um, that's a wonderful um, timing of an uh, event. You're reaching out just in that time and being able to to talk to the people, uh, it's it's wonderful. And I hope that people will check out the page and uh, invest. The, um, the access to buy shares is uh, is not expensive. The first, uh, it's um, the, the access is just one share. So a small investor, you don't have to be a big VC. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting. And it's for me also very um, honoring to, to see a business that started uh, in Africa with a mix of uh, people as people will go to our website, uh, you will see the diversity of our staff. Uh, our technology is built in Senegal by a, a dream team of um, 24 developers. And uh, to see now that uh, American uh, investor will be able to take a piece of this opportunity and mm -hmm. be aware of the potential because we inform a lot our investors. We give a lot of updates uh, on a monthly basis. We want them to be well informed of the progress of the company. So I think that's going to be positive to open the eyes of Af American investors on what's Definitely. going on in the continent and the potential of uh, a financial ecosystem that cater to, to people's needs. What did the process of going public look like? So you need to put your finance in order. They need to be to a certain standard called, uh, I think, GAAP. Uh, so they need to be reviewed. Uh, then you have a process of due diligence with uh, WeFunder where they check um, your corporate documents, they check your finance, they check your team, they check the potential, they check the track record of the business. So once you pass all these due diligence, um, then you prepare your page. Uh, you We um, hire a marketing company so that they can help us to... Um, to talk the right word to the people to create um, trust and understanding and then the desire of investment. And then you go for it. And there is a period of time, which I mean right now, where you give friends and family uh, and larger investor the possibility to come in a little bit earlier mm -hmm. with a discount. I mean, uh, and um, yeah, so that, that's the process. And it's about a, a month and a half process, two months. I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys. You guys are doing massive things all over the globe. Yamandu, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. I loved having you on. Where can listeners reach you? Where's the best place to find you? So my first name, which is Yamandu, Y-A-M-A-N-D-O-U, is, uh, is not hard to find on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, etc. And yeah, professionally, LinkedIn is definitely a place to connect and uh, love to talk to anybody that have questions and ideas. I'm completely open to network and I believe it's... Uh, in this fintech space is only a few of us crazy one and we we must help <laughs> each other you know we must be there for each other so i'm here available love it well thanks again all right thank you very much thank you for listening to talking success connecting the global fintech community feel free to follow us on instagram at talent in the cloud and if you're interested in exec talent or you yourself are looking for a new exciting change in your career check out our website talentinthecloud.io